Every Saturday, the Gotham Gazette includes a small lifestyle piece called Gotham Is. In the column, random Gothamites ask to complete the sentence Gotham Is using three words or less. The Gazette has been running the Gotham Is column for years, ever since I was a boy. Here are some of the words used to describe Gotham in the past. Damned, cursed, bedlam, murderous. Gotham Is villainous. Gotham Is a losing game. Gotham Is hopeless. There's no place like home. This is pulled from The New 52 Batman Number 1, written by Scott Snyder, artwork by Greg Capullo from November 2011. And you are listening to Heroes Home Base Podcast, episode 43. What's going on, fellas? This is Rob. This is Mark. This is Rich. This is going to be the discussion of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, we have a repeat guest on the show back, the Marvel lover himself, David Ridgway. Say hello, Dave. Hello, all. I have to say that the last time you were on the podcast, it was the funniest episode, I think, that we had. And I don't know. I don't know why that was. But you make me laugh. How about that? (laughs) Dave, you want to pour one of those for me, sir? What do you have in there, buddy? Ah, the good Ezra Brooks bourbon. Mm, Makes the show very interesting. (sighs) I've got about that much left in mind, too. Um, Before we get into the show breakdown, which I think was saved by the finale, by the way, uh, Mark, you got any news or anything you want to talk about? Uh, Just that it looks as if Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con is on this year. Um, in October, and also the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. That'll be in December, but it looks as if Con is on. Nice. Any word on tickets? No. Maybe me and Dave can fly down to New York for a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Uh, did you guys see the trailer for the new Shang-Chi? Uh, no. Dave, did you see that? I have not yet. I've heard things about it, but I have not actually seen the trailer. What's the what's the story of that? I know nothing about it. I just know that it's one of it's a Marvel character, and it's um it'll be I, I, it's from the seventies I believe, but I really it's Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, so it has to do with I believe the Mandarin, but okay. I don't know. I know the Ten Rings is from the Mandarin, but I don't know really anything else. I don't know anything about saying uh, chi I think it's more of like I think the character came out in the 70s I think but I never followed him at all I never really knew anything about him I just know that it's another Marvel MCU movie coming out soon so um the trailer dropped uh last week and it, it looked cool I'll definitely go see it now in order to do the Mandarin right which I think we all agree was not done right with whatever's been in the cinematic universe do does that need to be a multiple movie type of story arc talking about trevor uh sure undoing (laughs) the damage that was trevor yeah right that'd be a beautiful thing if they can go back in time and kind of erase that little uh hiccup that marvel had i think great actor just shitty writing (laughs) you know there's so much potential when that movie started too as like the the terrorist uh the whole back backdrop with everything i thought but they definitely landed flat by the end of that movie with that whole thing not to sound ignorant but it was at two or three i can't remember that was three three. 
three. That's right. So I got from our past guest, uh, Matthew Clickstein. He's working on a, a six part uh, audio documentary. It's called Comic Con Begins. Um, he sent me the thing. You can look at it on IMDb. Um, this is basically what the logist of it is. It is a six part audio documentary that tells the entire prehistory history and global impact of the largest pop culture event on the planet, the San Diego comic con, as well as the modern fandom community. It helps spawn comic con history <laughs> for San Diego comic con. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. So interesting. he did say we could drop that info on the podcast. So when that comes out, it looks like, it says TV miniseries 2021. So he said uh, this was back on April 11th. Uh, first four of six episodes, our rough cuts are done and we'll have a ton of bonus material too. So looks like it's coming. He said it should be launching June or July of this year. All right. So Comic Con begins. We all need a little bit more con in our life. So hopefully we'll be getting it here this summer. And uh, so I have another article that I found this week. Big changes for Superman. This is from DC's actual website. July sees the launch of two new Superman comic book series, Superman, Son of Kal-El, and Superman and the Authority. And the Authority one is with uh, Grant Morrison writing that, among other major status quo shifts for the Man of Steel and his family. Is so his son going to be Superman in one of those? So we can just segue into this. I read Action 1029 and then uh, Superman 30, which uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is writing both these books right now. And uh, Action has uh, Mr. Hester, who did the artwork for, hell, I think it was Kevin Smith when he did uh, Green Arrow. I'm really not a big fan of his artwork, but anyway... These these title these titles seem to like coexist and they almost feel like the old DC where every week the story continued, but I don't know. They're trying to shift Jonathan to be Superman because he's he's telling his dad that, you know, in the 30th whatever when he went back with the Legion of Superheroes that this was like a mark in time when he was gonna die. So I, I mean I don't know I don't know where they're gonna go with it I I'm I'm intrigued by the uh, Grant Morrison Superman and the Authority because that's gonna continue with what they were doing with uh, I know I talked about it on the podcast before the War World with Mongol and the story that was going on with that with the Future State and that was a really good story but I don't know if I'm about trying to redo the titles again but that's just my thoughts i know you guys don't have anything to contribute but that's cool (laughs) (laughs) i'll just segue into other books that i read this week and then uh we got an email to go over uh let's see daredevil 29 so electra's still acting as daredevil in hell's kitchen and matt murdoch is still in prison for quote-unquote manslaughter and uh I, i i'm still Loving this book. Uh, Rorschach, number seven. Really, really good. Uh, I did read uh, Swamp Thing, number two. Loving this book. I haven't read Batman the Detective yet. It's a miniseries, but this is just another one spit out from the future state. But that's pretty much it. Uh, I am looking forward to, I think it's Keanu Reeves' Berserker 2. Whenever that drops, I think it might be in the next couple weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Other than that... I don't really have anything super exciting, but no. so there's Rich's poll for the episode. Rob, you want to talk about the email? 
Dave, while we're waiting on that, did you actually get to finish watching the Justice League movie? Because I watched what, all, that's what this email all four hours in a row, nonstop. I watched the first two parts by myself, and then of course the wife had to watch it, so we watched it uh, all four hours straight. I would not recommend doing that again, though. Why's that? That's too much. It's just the uh, continuity is just not there. I don't. I don't personally think there's a lot of a lot of stuff that if you're not as big into the DC world, I, I don't think. Um, I think kind of loses you, me personally, anyways. Like I had to ask you what the anti-life equation was, because yeah. you know they definitely didn't explain you that, or who half those people were standing, you know, next to Darkseid. So I mean, there's just there's a lot of things that little little snippets little granny, here and there, that little granny cool. goodness and Desaad. Yeah, people. like in the way, I think you just should you should have watched the superman adventures the animated series back in the day and you would have gotten all those answered for you <laughs> i think i you did but years ago <laughs> you know what i i hear you though because superman was a wimp in that show so if you didn't watch it i understand okay i got this so uh looks like we got a uh another email from yours truly i'm just kidding herb and this was uh, not in the subject line um, thank god so the subject in the subject line was welcome to another exciting episode of don't get me started (laughs) all right what did herb have to say uh greetings comic fans and true believers uh i know it's been a while but let's face it i'm pretty popular and i can't be seen hanging out with a bunch of comic nerds too often let's not make this about me because trust me it's you with a little winky face Great show, by the way, but the reason I felt compelled to write in is my insatiable need for debate. Part one. And that's when my inner nerd became enraged. I like that Jesse got some real emotions out, you (laughs) automatons. Though, I have to say, I found his opinion on the Snyder Cut to be very unexpected and curious, dot, 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 dot. I'm certainly no expert on comics, and I'm still pretty surface-level knowledge on the topic. However, one thing has always seemed very uh, prominent in the DC universe is the mental and emotional battles that Batman and Superman face in their lives. Um, Herb, you... That's the wrong there. Snyder seems to highlight these emotional and real-world conflicts that superheroes face. I would say that putting yourself in harm's way for others under any circumstances is heroic in its own way. I don't think it's fair, even to a fictional character, to demand and expect that they sacrifice everything and everyone in their lives in the service of others simply because they can. The heroics come in with the heroes recognize their own individual wants and desires and face them and ultimately choose others over themselves. Not because we slash humanity are somehow entitled to Superman or Batman's sacrifice, but because they do have a choice in the end and they choose to be heroic. I guess I just like my comic book heroes to be more human. To touch on the points you guys already made, the Snyder Cut is attempting to show you the, quote, behind the scenes of the superhero existence, to show you the dark side of what it is to be them, uh, pun punched. It's not all glory and selfish selflessness. They have lives and identities 
that they have to maintain, which brings relationships and lives away from being heroic at all times. I guess I wonder what the expectations are of heroic figures in general, and what does it mean to be heroic? Does one have to sacrifice all to be heroic? Part two, uh, the narcissistic and self-righteous ramblings of the infamous subject line herbs continue. I could go on and on about the philosophy of being a hero and how the world should be defined on or even be used when you have other content to cover besides me, myself, and I, and Jesse, and Snyder. In the end, it seems we simply have a difference in what we value in a hero, and that's totally okay. Maybe humanizing superheroes isn't what some people want to see. With that being said, I would love to hear more from the critics, exclamation point. I love having some differences in opinion and sparking good conversation. It's always a pleasure, gentlemen, especially when the episodes are over. I kept my Star Wars reference to an absolute minimum. I almost made one, but got a dark side pun instead. You're welcome call me all right so after we did the last episode where jesse wrote in i guess uh i don't want to not encourage people to write in and i think i might have got a little bit overboard and uh sound a little bit too angry and that's not what i wanted to sound like (laughs) um so i do value jesse's different of opinion even when i don't agree with it so i apologize for any over-the-top reaction that i have I still think that there's heroes in the DC universe. I'll leave it there. (laughs) I will say, uh, I think there's been more heated debates when Rindway and his wife are over and we start talking about comic book movies. Just saying. Well, I'll spin the question to you, Dave. Do you, after watching all the DC Snyder movies, do you feel there's no heroes in the DC universe or in Snyder's universe? I mean, it's not a DC or Marvel movie without a hero now. I can't think of a single one that would be go against that so i don't know it's it's kind of confusing when he brought that up i'm trying to remember his his complaint about dc not really having a true hero but i mean i don't know i I just don't see it personally all right all right mark sets stage let's get into falcon and the winter soldier what are your thoughts so the last episode was on friday six episodes and it just it was a lot it was a heavy six episodes you know it was a great show i thought it was so well done you know marvel never lets us down um unless there's no it dived dove into the isaiah bradley story which i never heard of and that it in that it where there was a black super soldier mm-hmm. before captain america which i never knew about i never heard of isaiah bradley and so that lets that's going to get me to start doing a little bit homework and background checking on that character. And that, you know, before Steve Rogers, there was Isaiah Bradley, who they tested the super soldier serum on him and his country just let him down in the end. You know, his country really let him down and Captain America rose to be this hero. And there was someone else before him, a black man that, that could do everything he could. And, you know, in the end, the final episode, you know, we saw the Falcon become the new Captain America. And I thought he looked great. He looked just like he did in the comics. Um, I would have liked to see, we did in the episode before this one, we did see him train, but I would have liked to see him kind of like, how did he get that costume? You know, I would have liked to have seen that. I mean, Marvel got it from Wakanda. Did he? Isn't that that's that in the comic book? That's his original. That's how he got his wings. It was designed by, by Wakanda tech. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was in the suit. It was in the briefcase. Yes, it was in the briefcase. Now you're right. 
So that I thought it was awesome how we saw him, uh, you know, he looked, he looked just like he did in the comics. And I thought he was great. I mean, I can't believe, like I said, in like for WandaVision, I cannot believe we got the white vision. And now the final end credit scene, or it was an end credit scene, but we got US agent. Yeah. Never in a million years that I think we would ever see US agent come to life. And I just, his costume is exactly the same. And he was just awesome. I thought it was a great, and I love that, you know, although, you know, the Winter Soldier, he had the Super Soldier Serum in him. I love that, you know, and even in the comics, Falcon, he's tough as nails, but he doesn't have any superpowers. And I love that we got to see him kick butt even without superpowers. And there were no like energy blasts and force fields and energy projection and superpowers. It was just straight like, you know, it, it felt like a spy movie. And I love the banter between Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I just thought that they did a great job. Dave, take it away. Yeah, where to begin, right? Um, I always love these Marvel shows, movies, whatever you have you. Um, they really they really have a plan uh, from the beginning where it's pretty much like the shows and movies are kind of like Hydra. You finish one movie and or a show, and all of a sudden you can branch out into like two or three different shows. Like that Bradley, Nice reference there, sir. Nice reference that, there. I that Bradley that. show. That Bradley could be a, a show or a movie if you want to do all about that. If you want to do the power broker uh, with that character, um, there you go. The Patriot, um, Mrs. V or uh, Miss Hydra, as she's actually in the comic books. Um, there's a whole background there waiting. You know, they have all these untapped characters that, like, right now we're watching TV shows of characters that are not the, you know, they're not the A-list characters. They're, they're the guys in the background, and we're getting full in-depth like shows that you know it's the only way you can portray these characters accurately and really get in a deep dive on them that you know true fans even are like like mark said i didn't i didn't know that about bradley nobody knew while you're watching the show that you know his grandson is going to become one of the young avengers um these little little easter eggs just throughout these shows are just it's almost mind-boggling like how much how much work these guys put into just to make a, a quality show like this and still bring that entertainment value, you know, with this one week in, week out. Like it, it kind of makes me sad that, you know, you got to wait a month for the next Marvel show. And also to add on to that, we got Zemo. Yeah. In his full yeah. costume, you know, the mask and the, and the fur-lined collar, you know, we got Zemo. And I'm sad about Sharon Carter. I'm really sad that she ended up being the power broker, like her country let her down. And now she's bad. And she's like, I wonder what her, what her aunt is thinking in heaven, like really? Her, Peggy put in all this work to make Shield the what it is, or you know, and ended up being what it was. But still, her aunt was so had so honest and integrous in her job, and Sharon started out that way. But now she's like bad, and that makes me sad. I I totally agree with that statement. I mean, like, I mean, in the most recent comic I read, the Captain America number one um, by uh, Tanishi Coates. Um, I mean, that's his love interest, even though she's like, I think she's approaching her 60s in that, but that's still Steve Rogers, like, that's his love interest in that book. So to make her bad just kind of like, kind of goes against everything that they've set up in a sense. Um, a quick fallback on the Baron Zemo um, with his background, it's kind of funny because the whole mask, no mask thing, like in the comic books, um, I was reading about it earlier. He has to wear that mask because of um, it was a chemical or a glue called adhesive X that he was trying to put on the allies in World War II. And for whatever reason, you know, Captain America comes in, pulls the plot, 
and this adhesive X gets trapped on him while he's wearing the mask, so he can never take the mask off. So the little background behind Baron Zemo. Ah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Oh yeah. So my thoughts. It was it was really kind of slow starting out, and to the story, it wasn't it wasn't the story that was bad. I felt like some of the cinematography, like that whole first episode with the uh therapy sessions with uh the winter soldier like i i just didn't like how we did that some of the fight scenes were like a little over the top let's have a fight with the flag smashers on two semi trucks driving down the road and i'm just like what the f- is this um but you know it didn't take away from the story so i wasn't really feeling it uh the finale definitely put it all together for me i do like how falcon really approached Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. I love how he approached him and was genuinely concerned about, you know, what's your deal? What's your story? And he legit had reservations about the country because they basically him over. But I still like, I'm not going to wear those stars and stripes. They've basically never done anything for me. But I like how he was just had the love for Steve Rogers, what he stood for. Like Rogers wasn't a part of what happened to him. And obviously he would have stood up for him if he would have known, if anybody would have known. But I get his his almost anti-America stance to where like they erased him. He doesn't want anything to do with anybody because if he does come in the limelight, you know, he's he's like, you think I can walk outside? They'll take me out but i just like how he he didn't let that story uh falcon in general didn't let that story stop him he questioned things and he realizes you know where he was coming from but still decides to take up the shield and become captain america and i'm totally for that that's what steve wanted and i feel that he was gonna do him justice and i feel like the animosity between him and winter soldier was it was finally came out. I think it was like what episode five when he was starting to train. He's like, why did you give the shield up? Like Steve wanted you to have it. That's kind of like where they butted heads a little bit. Um, But overall, like I felt like it finished really, really strong. And I, I do think that like what you said, Dave, they could branch off and do a lot more. Like I really enjoyed WandaVision. I wish we would have had more. Like, I feel like this is like a tipping point where we're going to get more. So anytime you finish something and you feel like you're not let down, you're yearning for more. I think that's totally they've they've done it right. And I think that uh, obviously you weren't supposed to like Mr. Walker as Captain America. I guess we could talk about that. He was a douche, but I don't think he I don't think he was trying to be. Obviously, he's got his own issues, but I feel like in the comics, he's a douche. But let's just these are classic anti-hero. But let's like spin it here. Like the the scenario that he was put in, how many if we had that opportunity, would you take the serum? I like that interchange that he had with his buddy before he died. Like you know, if you had the opportunity to take it, would you take it? And it I guess it kind of turned on him to where like Steve was this genuine righteous guy who would sacrifice himself so the serum obviously transformed him into captain america but this guy who's got his own flaws his own insecurities gets it and he's doesn't really care about basically taking a dude's head off with the shield it's it's weird so obviously this bradley character obviously it probably wasn't the same concoction but 
he still did what he needed to do to save his soldiers that he broke away and went to save them and then got in trouble for it. But it's just funny the juxtaposition that the serum has on different people and their morals and their their flaws. So I don't know. I kind of felt bad for him, um, but he's still a douche. But Mark, I kind of got excited because you were like, yeah, that's U.S. agent. So that was your West Coast Avengers guy, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a West Coast Avengers for a long time. And even in the book, he was a douche. He didn't get always get along with uh, his teammates. Didn't so, always get along with them. I don't really know a whole lot about him. I mean, is like to what Dave just said, is he more of the anti-hero? Like what's, what's his story? No, he's just, I don't, and, and when I knew of him and the West Coast Avengers, he was not the anti-hero. He was a hero. He was just harder edged and he was just more like Captain America, but just harder and had a harder view on, on justice and was just more not as. He's not gun shy. Right. Okay. So you're Guy Gardner, so you're Hal Jordan? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. that's a, okay. Very uh, much so. All right. So real quick, let me interject something because I haven't watched a minute of the show. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to watch very much of anything lately. Mm. But it, 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 just a curious question on the outside looking in. How, do you, how would you compare the integrity-laced soldier of Steve Rogers from the 40s or I would say maybe the thirties since he was growing up compared to a modern day soldier, like would the integrity look the same? I think so. I mean, there are a lot of guys that serve for different reasons, but I think there are a lot of guys that serve because they have a passion for protecting and serving their country. But I think, I think so. I, I but think do you so. think, I guess the deeper part of the question is, do you think, I mean, we're also, we, we can't deny we're products of our time, right? Yeah. So I would have to imagine what it meant for Steve Rogers to be a soldier growing up in the thirties and in the forties meant something symbolic. And I'm sure it still means something symbolic to a modern day soldier, but I wonder being a product of a modern environment versus that would, I don't know. What would a modern day Captain America look like compared to somebody who was a soldier in the forties? I think there's one scene in the last episode. I mean, not that you've seen it or anything, but like they're chasing after, you know, they're doing the usual run after the bad guys and they have to split off in the two different directions. And, um, what personifies U.S. agent really well is he just takes off. He doesn't wait to say, hey, you take that way, I'll take this way. He just he just bolts. He doesn't even think about it. He just runs right after it. Sam Wilson, on the other hand, is kind of like he's getting ready to say, hey, you know, we'll split up and we'll go each our own way. Um, I think that's kind of Sam Wilson, Captain America. They they see both sides. They see they try to see all the angles before before the final play comes out. Whereas um, U.S. agent. Very tacticianary. Um, yeah. Right. In this show, he's kind of, like I say, he's not very gun shy. He's ready to get in on the action, especially after he takes a serum. Before he took the serum, like when he's sitting there um, in front of, I don't even remember what news press conference it was, was like yeah. talking about his heroism and like how great of a hero he was and like how he, how he should be the next Captain America. And he was kind of like almost like second guessing himself. Like, yeah. am I really the right guy for this job? He's thing. real insecure. Yeah. So it, it's funny how it's, it kind of flipped the script once he took the serum. So I don't know if that kind of goes along with what you're asking. I feel like they hit a lot of current political climate in the show. Um, it kind of makes you think, though, that Sam at the end is like, yeah, I'm going to be Captain America. I don't know. It it, it resonates. He's getting, they're gonna, they just announced Captain America 4 and he's going to be the Captain America. OK, sweet. 
So I, I don't know. Like it, it did touch on a lot of race issues uh, currently in society, and I, I still just think that Sam looked at it and was just like, "I'm going to be Captain America." So I just think it still had a good positive outcome, I guess. And with that, I'm topping off my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now in the, the Marvel universe as it stands, like who's a better Captain America than the Sam Wilson right now? Because like he sees literally sees all the angles. He sees like the good in people just like captain america did like he's not looking at it black and white you know he does it doesn't matter he's like that that's at the end of the day if a person needs saved a person needs saved so um it's a great choice it's it's one of those things where you didn't know you needed it but you know they gave it to you so i thought that was pretty cool yeah um I'm here. I would like to see how they do this Captain America. Um, I would. I'm just. I'm, I think. I'm just curious as to how they're going to do it. I'm open to seeing it. Um, I'm open to the idea of it, and so I just. I, I want. I want to see it. I thought Sebastian Stan did a great job as Winter Soldier. Always. I thought he did a great I, job. I thought I love that they brought in the Dora Milaje. I love that. And I thought that they showed how, I don't know if you guys said this, but I love that they showed that he, when the Dora Milaje showed up and they kicked U.S. agent's ass and they, he was like, they didn't even have superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And I thought, I'm like, and I know now why he took that serum. You know what I mean? That's why, because it's like, it's like they didn't even have superpowers. It's just like that was a huge blow to his ego. You know what I mean? Yeah, I felt like he was at the point, like what you said, Dave, where he was real insecure, he was second guessing. He's like, "How am I going to replace Steve Rogers?" And then he got the got the job, got the costume, and was just progressively a douche. And then finally was just like, "I just got my ass kicked by these chicks. They didn't even have serum." Like, yeah, I'm going to take this, and then it just went downhill from there. So it's like you definitely got to see the progression of him. I don't know. I like how they tied Wakanda, Zemo. Like we got a whole bunch of different things wrapped up into it. The Zemo love was pretty nice. What's that? You had a lot of love for Zemo. There was a lot of love on the internet with the whole dance scene and everything like that. And how they, they pretty much, there's like a YouTube video out there of like 10 hours worth of just like him just doing the dance in the club. And like. I mean, that character, I mean, it, it blows your mind because you don't even think about it like Baron, like just thinking almost like, hey, maybe that's his first name. But no, this guy's a Baron. This guy's got his own private jet, his own butler that does the dirty work in the end. And you're like, when he blows it up and you, you pan over to this old guy and you're like, who is that guy? I mean, if you're not watching the show, like, oh, shit, his butler. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. funny. It's funny how that character plays out. A guy with no superpowers, but like he's he's held in on destroying these uh, super soldiers. Like you kind of wonder when he was smashing them on the ground, why didn't he um, why didn't he just grab one for himself? Like obviously it, it goes against his code. But if I were him, I mean it'd be a lot easier to take these guys down with uh, the super serum as opposed right. to a regular person. Do you want to talk about the, the first or second episode where the Falcon's going in for a bank load and he gets denied? And that that's oh. like a callback to the uh, the Ron Burgundy character of the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Yeah, and you know it's just and Avengers don't get paid. Oh, mind blowing! Like these guys are saving the world, but and yeah, I think not I was making anything. Yeah, I mean, and I think I was hearing you know all that Tony Stark has all his money, and they weren't getting paid. So they were basically living for free, room and board, but they just weren't getting paid. Um, Dave, why don't you give us the rundown on your Tanahashi coats? 
uh, Captain America run that you've been reading, what is it, what what's the issues up to now? Uh, I got up to issue six so far, so um, it's a it's a very different. Um, I mean, not that I stick with comics all that often, anyways, but um, I blew through these. That's pretty much like a uh, a futuristic setting of where like Hydra takes over with a uh, character that resembles Captain America, um, and then you know Captain America has to go through and fight these guys. Um, you know, he has Agent Carter, um, Sharon Carter, right by his side the whole way, and then she gets like abducted, kidnapped. Um, somehow, some way, like the Black Panther comes in um, for a couple of issues. So I have a feeling he's going to weave him in and out because um, I think this guy has done a, a run on Black Panther in the past. So I think it's yes. kind of like, yeah, um, but like pretty much up to like right where I stopped so far, issue six, um, the Red Skull just had just got revived. Um, he just saved Agent Carter. And in the process, um, Thunderbolt Ross was actually killed. Okay. Like they just found out and they're blaming Captain America, even though, you know, he was nowhere near the scene, but like there's all these clones of him out there. So it's kind of when he's talking to the, the general public, like they're appreciative of Hydra because Hydra brought in and um, kind of made it set up to a, uh, a better world in a sense. Like it provided jobs for people that didn't have a job in the past. Like, you know, guys could work in the coal mine or whatever have you, you know, jobs like that, like good paying jobs. And then like once Hydra left, it's kind of like created a vacuum to a point where like these jobs aren't there anymore. And, you know, poverty is on the rise and guys are like becoming more desperate and crime's starting to kind of ramp up. So that's pretty much, uh, that's about where issue six. So it off. almost has you cheering for Hydra. Um, it kind of like an underlying backstory, like very underlying, obviously you're, you're cheering for, um, Rogers to pull through, uh, save Carter, and then you know I don't know what what goes on from here, but obviously I think they're an issue like thirty as of right now, maybe even further along than that. Okay. So I have to get back on that. As far as comics is concerned, I, I've decided that I'm going to because you know I have the graphic novel for Hush, but now I my new um, holy grails are going to be to look for the individual issues now. So I think it's issue six oh eight to six nineteen is what it eh, is. Good luck with that, man. Oh, I know, but I called a few places and there's, uh, it's, it's, I'm a scattered. I know one place has at least four issues, 614, 615, 617, and 619. So I'm going to go for that because I love the covers. I do love the covers so much. I looked it up online and they're just beautiful. Obviously it's Jim Lee. We've talked about the show before, but I, I see it rich. And so I'm going to be going <laughs> for those. And that's going to be, you know, if Con, New York Con does go on this year, that's going to be my grail to look for because I have the graphic novel, but I would just like to have the individual issues. And I just can't believe that I'm you just- You want so like first edition covers or do you want variant covers? Whatever, whichever. So long as it's they're nice. You can get a 608 first print for I don't know, under 50 bucks. Should well, those be, gonna be my it's fines. the variant it's the variant covers that are worth more in that series. <laughs> those are gonna be my fines for um so that's gonna be my fine. So that's what I because I don't have any holy grails really right now. Mm-mm. Did you get did you get individual issues of uh Court of Owls? No, no I just got no, I just got volume one and two. Mind blown. Wait, I got I got individual grills. issues after after the like when the towns were out when right. they jump off the cliff. 
the individual issues that sprung from that those i have but the issue the beginnings of it no dave you did start watching superman and lois give me your thoughts it's different it's not a uh let's see how do we want to start the story itself um you know middle-aged clark kent lois with twin boys which i don't think i've known ever that he's had twins before i mean you can correct me if i'm wrong um nope (laughs) uh talking about like when i've only seen the pilot so going they're talking about going back to smallville where you know there's lana lang um there's you know that former love interest and all that but like the fact they go back to smallville is because you know martha kent dies which once again i've never seen where martha kent dies me personally like that's another one that's new to me. Um, and uh, Lex Luthor is an alien. So that's that's also news, unless it, that changes in the next couple episodes. Like, it's kind of confusing. Like, the general knows who Superman is. Um, what's the other, other things that just kind of stand out? That So, like, really- in the comics recently with Bendis on the Superman books with the whole Leviathan shit, he... Uh, like Sam Lane was involved in an accident. Actually, I think it played into like when he was in Columbus, Ohio, uh, when they like in the comic destroyed the uh, CCAD building. Um, he Lois actually tells that's when Lois exposes his identity to him. And that was before he actually revealed his identity to the world. Thank you, Brian Michael Bendis. But so like that, I think was somewhat of a new thing that general lane knew about it so i don't know if they just played off of that with the show or not but yeah i mean um the actor that plays superman would be a great clark kent but superman i don't really i think that's a stretch i really do after all the characters they've had that you know wore the tights i just i don't i don't see him as being you know that guy i'd say clark kent yeah he's perfectly fine being clark kent but i do not see him in superman um i I do like all the callbacks. Um, they're trying to bring in all the, you know, everything in the comic books, trying to bring in like, I don't know if you saw on their, uh, their little, their uh, whiteboard in their apartment house, whatever they have, where it yep. was like, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty, those what two was that? Schuster cool. and uh, what did they have on it? It's been, it's been a while since I've watched it. It was like an appointment and then like a Donner. Um, there was right above that was like the Donner appointment or something like that. Like yeah. two different set up like that um him catching the the pt cruiser um was kind of you know a callback to action comics yeah and then like him in the um you know a nuclear power plant like you know that's kind of like the first superman you know kind of set up carries a big giant chunk of ice and everything like well we've seen superman do that before so not that the uh the special effects were anything good at all i mean it's cw level uh i touched base on it what two episodes ago i just thought the pilot was all over the place dude like i thought they'd just try to do too much in one episode to try to grab it and we all know the cw will just carry a dead show for years and years and years trying to you know live off the smallville thing but i don't know i may binge a few episodes just to catch wait hold on hold on did you just insult smallville no i didn't because no you're finally in my camp that it was too long no i just think that mark did you hear this 
I heard that he said Smallville was on the air too long. Whatever. It, I'm just bringing that up because that was Dave's favorite. Mark, show. don't let I'm this rest. Saying, I mean, I'm, 958 on 425. Rich just said Smallville was on the air too long. <laughs> I'm just saying that CW thinks every superhero show that they have is going to be the next Smallville that they could that they have to leave on for 10 years. Okay. So, like NBC Arrow CGR. was done after like season three. Flash was. I, mean, I agree that with that. That was the last one that I watched that it was still good at like season four. Supergirl was hot trash when it was on CBS. And then it was still hot trash when it came over to CW. First season of Supergirl was good. Okay. I'm just, I I just thought it was garbage. I don't know why there's, they still have Batwoman on. Now they've decided to recast Cat Kane as somebody finally. And it was the chick from Krypton. I'm just like, let it die. It's dead. Anyway, my rant is over. I'm just saying that I feel like the CW is going to drag this show forever and whether it's good or not. To your point, Dave, I do not see Tyler Hochelan as Superman by any. No, I don't. I don't see it. The Clark Kent thing. Yeah, he pulls off like a modern day Clark Kent really well. But as Superman, I I, I didn't like him in Supergirl and I don't like him on this. But Rich, would he make a good Superboy? (sighs) God. Why don't you just have a crypto show? You know, why don't we just bring in the super pups? You know, no, no Superboy. Not a fan of Superboy. Rich, I wonder, do you think DC is just willing to uh, test the waters a lot more on their TV line than they are the movie line? Seems like they're willing to make more risks in the CW realm. I, I just think that it doesn't really matter if it's got ratings or not, or if it's got really crappy reviews. Like, if, read the reviews on Batwoman. Everybody hates that show. And it still continues on. I don't think that they're doing anything super crazy or super original on these CW shows that is locking them down for 10 years. But I just, I think DC still has the niche in the animated movies. Like their animated movies are the shit. I still got to see, I don't even know if it's out yet, but they just did the long Halloween or I just saw a couple of previews for that. And I'm really anxious to, watch that but i their animated movies are on par but like their cinematic universe is a f- mess and it's all at the same it's the same thing that we've talked about in the past like warner brothers can't get out of their own way like just you either hire let's pull your paul jenkins quote let the creators do their thing and let them do their thing don't interfere with it i did i was seeing like i i, I still don't know how it's going to line up like do uh i read an article that the rock doing the black adam if anybody's going to be able to restore the snyderverse it's going to be him because he's like i want these characters in my movie and i feel like he's got that clout that he might be able to pull that off but what are we doing here i don't know i don't think that they're taking any crazy risks on the shows but I, i i don't know it's clear that marvel still has the cinematic lockdown and now they're translating it into the show format which I absolutely love their Netflix shows. We've talked about that before. Like it was, it was badass. Now they're going to take, make progressions in the, in the really quick mini series. Like, are, are we, have there been any talks about them doing like WandaVision two or Falcon and the winter soldier two, or are we just, they're literally just, you know, branching off from these shows. So it's like, they're not locked down to continue on, for it's almost like they have little mini series 
from a comic book and then they're making it into a show and then they're doing other shows off of that. Like what you know Dave what? said, it's almost like a spider web. It just branches out from, from where they start from, which is entertaining. It's good. It's innovative. It's not the same old stuff. Um, it's just, is the content going to be good? So like, I'm really hesitant. Got- I'm really hesitant to watch a Superman and Lois show that I, I just don't, I, when you're trying to trying to hook me in with a first episode that, has every damn thing plus the kitchen sink and the plumbing with it. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not going to bite on it. Go ahead. So, so I have a question, kind of similar topic, but a little different. I, I think, I mean, obviously we've talked about this a lot with Warner Brothers not getting out of their own way. Some people like it, see would absolutely hate this idea, but I was thinking about this. I wonder what it would be like if DC takes a Disney approach. You know how Disney's doing live action for a lot of their originally animated movies i wonder if they could do a live action batman the animated series that'd be crazy like do live action of start with obviously some of your most popular episodes and kind of let us see what it'd be like to recreate some of those episodes in live action that would almost be more like somebody's gonna have to do some crazy youtube shit you know what i mean like somebody just does it and then dubs the voice from Michael Conroy and all the original characters. I don't know, I, but they've that's a difference though. Really, with DC and Marvel is you're using um, with Marvel, you're going to you're going really deep on these characters, whereas DC keeps replaying the same characters over and over, and you're not getting past your your frontline guys. You're not getting past Superman and Batman. You know, you sh- you should be. In all reality, we should be learning more about like Martian Manhunter or Green Lantern or Doc, you know, um, what's it? Uh, was it Hawkman or Hawk, whatever the hell his name is? Um, but guys like, <laughs> guys like, that, like, you know, they're just, they're not even there yet. They're still in their infancy on trying to explain themselves. Whereas Marvel, Marvel's already killed off main characters. They've already gotten rid of Captain America and Iron Man. You know, they're on to the next thing. They're on to somehow, well, now they're trying to figure out how to, replace back black panther but like who would have thought black panther would have had his own movie like let alone well, yeah. have a sequel i think you're i think that's accurate dave i think the studio has been way more interested in just relaunching the franchises over in and on top of themselves so yeah it's how many times are we going to get a batman origin story how many times are we going to get a different take well on the top okay three? we're getting that one to to your point, Rob, like yeah, it's it's just going to be a rerun of material that's already out there. If they're going to try to do like a live action of something, now like I'm not going to sit here and wave the Snyder flag. Of yeah, there were things that could have been done. I liked how he brought the Flash and Aquaman and even Cyborg in in BVS. Like it was a subtle hint, and then we were gonna get what we got with his Justice League movie was nice and informative and good but it's like how would the long game have been with two more justice league movies with other other movies in between we don't know clearly there was divisiveness along the way i thought the first wonder woman was really good you got all the backstory all the context even if she was introduced in a movie before that i'm anxious to see what they do with the black adam movie uh it's not a character that i've ever really been like super stoked about like even shazam i'm sorry captain marvel for that i thought it was fun i I don't know like i feel like that could go in a 
cool direction. I feel they're just dodging the fact that they made a really shitty Green Lantern movie and they're like, yeah, we already got the backstory out there. We just maybe we'll have one in a movie here pretty soon or whatever. I don't know. I I just think it's a mess. It's a mess. And you got people that want it to go a certain way and you got people that want it to go and restart. Like, I think the Robert Pattinson Batman movie will be intriguing and different and emo and dark and a new take on it. But I swear to God, if we got to see the Waynes get murdered in an alleyway again, I'm just going to go nuts. Like, it better be a quick Joker death, like in the Joker movie where pop, pop, they're dead. Let's move along. Like, how many more times are we going to relive this? But at the same time, I feel like the Flash movie with the direction they're going to go with it. There you go. It's a reset. They're going to reset everything, timelines, whatever. And then you got a fresh start. I don't know. That's I think that they if they play it right, that's their out. And then they can start telling intellectual really contextual backstories about characters like you I said guess, but like does they've it... already killed off main characters in marvel and they're moving on to obscure and random characters that you wouldn't think would ever show up in a show let alone a movie do you think they have to restart the universe though no like who is that for tell a good story and you could tell a good story with one movie or one show and but Marvel's already got to step up here because the CW continuity is not the cinematic continuity by any stretch. But now Marvel has done 10 years of movies cinematically and now translated to kind of like what Herb was saying, where he likes the show dynamic, The Mandalorian, where it's a longer, slower burn where you get all this other really, really cool stuff that you would get hacked on the editing room floor for a movie. And now you got these long drawn out stories in a show. I don't know. Like they're executing it really, really well on the Marvel side. All in all, like I want to see really good comic book movies. That's a, that's it. And if it, if the competition is going to be elevated to challenge people to make really good content, then I'm all for it. But it's also, it's also about storytelling it's a really shitty story. I don't really care. Well, like, so the other thing I was thinking about, Rich, I mean, you mentioned clearly DC's dominated the animated space since 92. Like, let's just be real. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand why you can't make single, single movies. Like, why don't you do the long Halloween or Gotham by Gaslight? Just do standalone movies. Like, why, do, why does it have to be? Why does there have to be a continuity, I guess? I don't know. I, I think I, there should be both. Right. I think yeah. there should be options. Like, absolutely. But it's, it's almost like they're too busy, like, debating that. And in the meantime, they're not producing anything <laughs> worth watching. Like, I would love to see, like, a, a Batman Family Red Hood movie. Like, give me a standalone one shot of that. Well, okay. Give me a so, give me a give me a freaking uh, Batman Sub Zero movie live action. Like, come on. Like that's what Kim has been saying. I'm sorry, uh, show quitter Kim has been saying for the longest time is why not make a Bat Family movie? Like, sure. let's get Barbara Gordon. Let's get Red Hood. Let's get Tim Drake. Let's get Damien. Even at this point, like, let's stop restarting with another Batman when we could just have a Batman Family movie. I've always liked Damien. You do or you don't? I do. Uh, that story in and of itself with Talia and Rachel Ghoul and all that, like that's that's a meaty story that would really translate well to a movie. And the League of Assassins and that would be pretty badass. 
So I'm going to say something that taps on current events. I wonder why um, there's been zero talks of doing some of the video game crossovers in movies like the DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat. Um, I don't I don't know if I would see that or watch it. I know that uh, in the comics, they just did a Batman Fortnite uh, crossover. I don't know if any of us play Fortnite. I know I don't. But that was like a real big. Uh... Mark's a big Fortnite person. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like I, f- I feel like they're taking advantage in the print media. I don't know if it needs to be a movie. I don't know. Let's segue into uh, who would win. Let's do a matchup. Now that there's four instead of three, what kind of matchup you want, Dave? We could keep it Falcon Winter Soldier. You're the guest. You get to pick. I get to pick. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Captain America's versus that. Captain America's. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to do Captain America versus U.S. Agent? Maybe. I mean, I guess Captain America, just with fighting experience, would probably win over on that one, right? Wouldn't that be the uh, understanding? Being the original super soldier? Agreed. I mean, that's not really much of a... What's the epic battle? Who would you want to see Captain America fight? I'd like to see him fight Batman, which we did a little bit in JLA versus Avengers, but then they, even in that small scene, they were evenly tied. But still, I would like I think to see them what fight. Was, in the DC versus Marvel, it was what? Batman who won because he got swept away by sewer water? <laughs> <laughs> and Batman <laughs> saves him and the two of them got together like, we got to stop this? Yeah, we're not going to from dysentery. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially if it was in Gotham sewers. <laughs> what if we did Baron Zemo versus Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor. Mm. Oh, that's a very good one. Let's do that. That's excellent. That's excellent. All right, so let's look at the combatants. First up, Baron Zemo, master swordsman and hand to hand combat combatant, skilled strategist. And he was created by the one and only great Stan Lee and Mr. Jack Kirby himself. Say Kirby had a hand in him, didn't he? So uh, first appeared in Avengers number six, July 1964. And let's do the old Lex Luthor. First appeared in Action Comics number 23, April 1940. And he was created by Jerry, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. He is a genius level intellect, criminal mastermind, Proficient engineer with exceptional technological prowess. Founder, CEO, president, and chairman of LexCorp. Via high-tech war suit, superhuman strength, speed and durability, energy projection, force fields, flight, advanced weaponry, often incorporated, often incorporating kryptonite. No, sh- no shit. Wields a kryptonite ring. That's a good matchup. All right, Dave, you picked it, so you start it. Who would win? Who would win? Who wins? Um, Obviously, money's not a problem for either one of these guys. <laughs> that's what it seems like anyways. Um, both of them are, you know, they're both, their intellect, you know, I guess the hand-to-hand combat, if it comes down to that, a battle of, you know, fists, is, it's going to go to Zemo. But if it's going to go to coming up with inventions or technology, I think I'd give the hand to uh, Lex Luthor, actually. Mm. Okay, Mark, what do you think? Ah, boy. Oh. 
Lakeletz is the tough one because they're both are very wealthy, extremely intelligent. I think I'm gonna give it to Lex Luthor. I just know him to be more sinister and more like he'll kill his mother to get to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah okay so i can envision these two characters getting together at like some bullshit ceo baron like a fundraiser disguised as something that it's not and then playing chess games with each other and then kind of like what you said dave like their conversation then could lead to a fist fight or some form of uh i don't know argument but then i think it just totally morphs into there's no way that lex is ever going to go into something where he doesn't have some type of technological suit or something to where his weaponry isn't going to come into play so i feel that lex would lex would take it rob well i don't think but they're both really they're master strategists so it's not like they're you know it's not like it's going to be a pushover so but i i don't know i i still just think lex luther like you said mark he'd kill his mother just to win a fight or at least get the best superman trying to reserve my hatred for the jesse eisenberg rendition of lex luther when i'm thinking of this matchup i just think that dave makes a good point when it comes to -to hand-to-hand combat obviously luther would probably make sure he has his suit but i think he usually will will try to play like a you know three-dimensional chess and not put himself in that situation i I, i'm gonna have to go with lex luther and i'll i'll I'll, it's a cop-out but it's i just know more about the character Dave's laptop died. All right. Well, we'll wrap it there. (laughs) So uh, Dave's laptop died. So uh, we appreciate him being on the show. Um, (laughs) Anything in closing, uh, fellas? I think that, uh, Rob, I think you should check out the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I I will. I will. I just, I, I don't, I haven't even been able to watch the shows that are on my regular viewing agenda. So we'll get there. I've, I've, like I've said in, recent episodes i've thoroughly enjoyed you know finally being able to watch the the mcu and i'm i will i will check it out for sure dave ridgeway thank you for being on the show talking you, dave Mar- marvel comics thanks dave uh, i know it's your fave uh really appreciate it until next time guys really really good episode man i appreciate the dialogue and uh we kind of went all over the place so uh, until next time this is rich this is Mark. This is Rob. Um, really want to stress that uh, kind of subject line Herb kind of nailed it. Really would like to just have dialogue with folks that have different perspectives. And I, I really enjoy getting into the weeds around philosophically, what do we think heroes are? As always, thank you for listening to the three of us and guests yammer on for minutes slash hours slash days on end we do really appreciate everybody listening and if you have a different of opinion different of opinion if you have a different opinion or some perspective that you know you you think we didn't talk about or we're missing something please let us know we really want to strive to enrich these conversations and i think one of the best ways to do that is to hear from the listeners. So please shoot us an email, heroeshomebase at gmail.com or Heroes Homebase Podcast on Facebook, and we will be happy to engage with you.
Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting this RMR production. Oh, God. What episode is this? 43? Yeah. Rob, why don't you go ahead and uh, do the show intro, then we'll do a round. What episode is this? 43? <laughs> I just said 43. Um, well, let me do that, and then apparently I need to go double check and make sure Elliot's not awake. Go do babysitting. <laughs> Woo-woo! Babysitting's when you give them back. <laughs> this is true. Can't ever do back. All right, Dave. Dave, go ahead and say that like you thought of it. (laughs) Dave doesn't want to do that. Hold on, I need to top my drink off again. (laughs) From folks via email, or you know, God damn, get out. We're wrapping it. (laughs) You know, via email, or send us a comment on you know social media, or you know your podcast app of choice, you know, reach out. You know, so, how many times are you going to say, you know, <laughs> just enough to make people think I'm Canadian, you know, Don't you know, <laughs> do you want me to start over or <laughs> go ahead? I'll put that at the end. Anyway, thanks for listening. You literally <laughs> said, you know, like 50, fucking... <laughs> God. you know, thanks for the comments, you know, uh, really, really appreciate the additional, uh, you know, difference of opinion you know um my name's rich and i'm a douche um (laughs) really appreciate you know you listen to the show you know and uh if you want to send some hateful comments to rich you know he'll surely cuss you out